Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Internet Marketing. Hi, Kelvin Newman here, founder of Brighton SEO and, of course, regular contributor to the Internet Marketing Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. What I wanted to do, and I'm going to take you through a... I was asked recently to um, deliver a presentation for the Institute of Direct and Digital Marketing to people who work in market research, you know, people who kind of have that traditional market research background. And what I did and what I pulled together for that particular presentation was... A, I wanted to highlight some tools that were great for market research, were, you know, completely free or at least, you know, mostly free and that you know, would be very common to people who are working in, in SEO, but perhaps less common or obvious to people working in market research. Now, I know many of you kind of specialise in search marketing or kind of specialise in digital marketing. So these tools maybe might be a bit more familiar to you. Um, But if you don't, if you're kind of from a more traditional marketing background, maybe you won't be so familiar with these tools. So what I wanted to do was kind of take you through that process, take you through these tools that I think are really helpful um, for market research. And if you're kind of experienced in SEO, experienced in, um, you know, natural search, maybe they'll give you kind of some ideas for ways you could use these tools. And if you're kind of more from a traditional marketing background or indeed from a market research background, maybe these tools won't be obvious to you. Maybe they won't be ones you've come across before. And maybe you wouldn't necessarily have realized that you could gain this level of insight from a series of free tools. Now, I'm a big fan of David Ogilvy. You've probably heard of him before, the legendary ad man. I want to open up with a bit of a quote of his that I think is kind of really important and really sets the scene for why the tools which are used by search engine marketers actually have a much broader scope that can be much more useful to, to all kinds of marketing. So what did David Ogilvy say? What was the quote I wanted to highlight there? Well, if you're trying to persuade people to do something or to buy something, it seems to me that you should use their language, the language they use every day, the language in which they think. We try to write in the vernacular, right? And David Ogilvy was talking about that when writing copy for adverts. But actually, I think that's got some real connection to what I think we ought to be doing when we're producing content online, you know, when we're kind of trying to understand people. Because ultimately, what someone does when they go to a search engine is they type in, this is what I want to buy in the words I use, or this is what I want to learn about in the words that I use. There's kind of a real statement of intent 
that someone makes when they go to a search engine. It's an active, you know, it's an active action that they are taking and saying, here is what I want to learn about or here is what I want to buy ultimately. And that's hugely powerful because in most forms of advertising, in most forms of marketing, you're trying to persuade someone. You know, whereas actually with um, a search engine, someone is saying, I have this intent, help me fulfill this intent. Now, Google themselves have come up with an acronym or an idea to kind of describe that phenomena where people are sort of going to search engines and saying, here's what I want to learn about, here's what I want to know about. They call that the zero moment of truth. I don't know if many of you have come across this before, but it's a really powerful idea for kind of explaining the huge role that the search engines play within decision making, within purchases um, that are made on and offline. And this kind of applies to both natural and paid search. Now, that zero moment of truth, they shorten to ZMOT or ZMOT, depending on how you want to shorten that. But I would call it ZMOT. So ZMOT is that moment when you grab your laptop, your mobile phone or some other kind of device and start learning about a product or service you're thinking of buying, right? That's the zero moment of truth. And you can imagine this in all kinds of different circumstances. So some of the examples that Google give when describing the zero moment of truth are the following. And I think they kind of set the scene a bit for what is the zero moment of truth. So imagine a busy mum looking up head lice treatments on her mobile phone as she waits to pick up her son from school. That's the zero moment of truth, right? She's looking to find out about that. Or a different zero moment of truth here. Uh, An office manager is at their desk comparing laser printer prices and ink cartridge costs before heading to the office supply store. So it's a research process as an offline purchase point. Or a student in a cafe scanning user ratings and reviews while looking for a cheap hotel in Barcelona. That's another zero moment of truth. And finally, a winter sports fan pulling out a mobile phone to look at video reviews of the latest snowboards. All of these are kind of these zero moments of truth. Now, I think sometimes when we're doing keyword research, we kind of don't necessarily think about the users, what they're trying to achieve. Because when someone's making a search query, all of these contexts, they're these kind of user cases, these situations. And I think generally your marketing can improve dramatically if you think about the context of the person making that search. Kind of maybe also imagine situations like this. And these kind of scenarios might be quite handy for kind of clustering or putting together the ideas for the campaigns that you're going to do. You know, think about these use cases. Now, the good news is, is that there are research tools that help us understand these moments. And all of these tools, they're free or freemium, right? So they're ones that kind of you either have to pay absolutely nothing for or you can get quite a lot of information for free and then maybe you need to upgrade. Now, the first of those is the Keyword Planner tool. Now, those of you who work in search, particularly paid search, will know the Keyword Planner tool. Now, the Keyword Planner tool is part of the AdWords system. AdWords is Google's paid-for, pay-per-click advertising system. Now, in order to get access to the Keyword Planner tool, you need to have an AdWords account. And that AdWords account needs to have a credit card. Now, you don't need to have ever spent any money on AdWords. That credit card, in fact, I've got a number of, like, three or four different accounts, and occasionally I log into one by accident, and that one doesn't even have a current credit card. That credit card expired a number of years ago. But I can still access the Keyword Planner tool, so you do need to have that. And that will allow you to do straightforward things. So if I, you know, I'll ask you a question here. Well, imagine we're having a bit of a conversation here. So if you had to guess last month, um, who got more searches, Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton, right? I don't know. Some of you might go for Donald Trump. Some of you might go for Hillary Clinton. The reality is that a tool like that, the Keyword Planner, tells me 
that last month, five million people searched for Donald Trump and one and a half million searched for Hillary Clinton. Now, that might feel like an instinctive one that we could get, but did you know the sense of the scale? That's where this tool can be quite useful. It gives you a sense of how many more people search for one term than another. So let's throw another one out to you. You know, last month, do you think more people searched for One Direction or Wikipedia? Now, when I've done this face-to-face, people have often said One Direction. Sometimes they've said Wikipedia. Well, it's seven, just under seven and a half million for One Direction and 20 and a half million for Wikipedia. Big dramatic differences there. Now, you might think that's interesting, but is that useful? You know, knowing that more people search for, you know, wonder uh, for Wikipedia than One Direction doesn't help you market your business. So what are some more practical things? Well, you know, recently I was do- delivering some training for a company who um, one of their clients um, was a, a wedding dress designer. And what we found there is we put in two different keywords. So we've got beach wedding dresses or designer wedding dresses. Now, instinctively, everybody in the room, myself included, thought that designer wedding dresses would get much more volume, right? That's more generic, you know, perhaps more popular. That's kind of what people would write about more frequently. But when we actually put it in, it was 22,000 people in the UK searching for designer wedding dresses versus 74,000 for beach wedding dresses. Now, that's interesting, like the other examples I've just talked you through, but it's actually much more useful, right? So that means actually you might kind of make decisions about how you merchandise your website off the back of that. You might make decisions about the types of products you even develop off insight like that. Certainly, it would help you prioritize spend and marketing and campaigns off the back of that. So instead of perhaps thinking about how do we describe ourselves as a wedding, you know, how do we become famous as a wedding a designer wedding dress you know designer instead actually the use case the beach wedding the particular types of product are there we can learn that and actually i've seen situations where whole businesses have been built upon this kind of insight that you can get from keyword research tools so that's google keyword planner now another tool that gives a similar kind of insight but frames it in a slightly different way is google insights so again we'll put the link in the show notes but this is google.com forward slash trends Now, if you go to that page, what you'll get is a list of kind of trending topics, things people are searching for today that they weren't searching for yesterday. And that can be really interesting for kind of getting a sense of the zeitgeist. But what I'm more interested in is the ability to put in particular keywords and I can then understand when, you know, in time, what the seasonal variations in that search term, what the kind of general trends are more people searching it for this year than last year. So if I had to ask you, you know, which month of the year do you think would be most popular for gym membership? I'd imagine you'd all say January, right? Okay, so that's that's not hard. You know, the tool confirms that. But let's ask a slightly harder question. So what if you had to guess which month of the year would be the second most popular for gym membership? Now, you might assume that, okay, there is a big peak in January. Maybe the rest of the year is fairly even. But that's not the case. There is a big secondary peak in search terms for gym membership so actually there's the huge peak that you get in january but actually there's a second peak which is not quite as big but certainly is almost some cases nearly twice as popular as other months of the year and that's august now i can use that in lots of different ways if i'm doing pr i might want to you know structure my campaigns around that insight that understanding if i'm you know deciding to buy paid search adverts or display adverts or outdoor adverts Actually, I'd be much wiser advertising in August than I would in October because more people are interested in gym membership at that moment in time. So I'll ask you another question, another one now about contact lenses. If you had to guess which month of the year was most popular for contact lenses, typically when I've asked this 
people face to face. They often might say January, a bit like gym membership. They might say summer, you know, it's getting bright. People are doing more sport and they're doing more exercise. They want to wear sunglasses. But actually, there's a huge peak in October. Dramatic peak. So many more people are searching in October. And why is that the case? Well, we can use a tool like Google Trends to kind of see connected search queries. And if we also put in colored contact lenses, part of that peak is also triggered by the colored contact lenses. So it seems that Halloween is driving some of the search, you know, search increase that there is for contact lenses in October. Now, again, this is really interesting for me. If I'm selling contact lenses, I kind of want to understand when these peaks are. So again, useful insights. It gives you a sense of when the demand is in your marketplace. And also you want to be using tools like this to kind of benchmark your improvements, right? So if I'm a business and I kind of go, well, my natural search traffic is up 20% on last year, I'll give myself a huge pat on the back, right? Month on month, more people have searched this month and come through to my website than they did last month. I'm obviously doing a good job. Well, is that just because more people are searching, right? You can use a tool like that to get a sense of, did more people search for my product this month than last month? And if that's the case, then actually suddenly, if 30% more people are searching this month compared to the same month last year, suddenly my 20% increase in traffic doesn't look amazing. I'm underperforming the market. That's the type of insight you can get from a tool like that. There's another tool that I've mentioned, I think, um, fairly recently when I've been on the podcast, but I'm a huge fan of this. It's built by a company down here in Brighton, and it's called Answer the Public, and that's at answerthepublic.com. Now, what Answer the Public does is it takes a keyword or phrase and then looks at the Google suggestions that that word or phrase triggers. So you know when you go to Google and you start typing in and it starts making suggestions, trying to guess what it is you're searching for before you've even finished typing. Well, with a bit of clever playing around with the API, they're able to kind of use this to kind of get lots of suggestions. So say I put in a query like buying a house. What Answer the Public does will then find like search queries around which and buying a house or who and buying a house or what, when, why, how, are, where, all of those types of things. And it presents them to me as potential suggestions for content ideas that I could have. And these kind of in, these are areas where people, you know, it's a kind of it allows us to create personas. So, you know, we've got questions that are suggested like how to negotiate when buying a house, how to buy a house with cash, what happens after the appraisal when buying a house, you know, who is involved in buying a house, who pays the estate agents. All of these questions are great triggers for content, right? They could be social media content, they could be blog post content, they could be video content, they could be personas that allow you to think more concretely about your particular customers. They also do it with prepositions as well, like like, for, with, near, to, versus, with, all of the things like that. So then you're getting suggestions like buying a house near a school, buying a house near a motorway, buying a house near a river, that kind of thing. And that's kind of great insight that you get there straight off the bat where you learn about your customers. You're learning about things that they particularly want to learn about and you know find out about. Next on my list is BuzzSumo. BuzzSumo is a really powerful tool for understanding content that people are sharing socially. So it allows me to do things like I could go in and put in a particular topic and it would give me popular content either in the past day or the past week or even the past year for that particular topic. But you can also go and put in a particular website and see how 
widely what content of theirs is doing well socially or which how many shares a particular piece of content has, has, has done. Now, what's interesting is I could do things like this. So I've got two, imagine two BuzzFeed stories that I put in here. So 18 euphoric moments, only 20-somethings who are basically grandmas enjoy. That was one of the topics. Or this cat who catches mice at a train station just got promoted. Now, you can look at those particular topics and kind of guess about which one you think might get the most popularity. But I can now tell. I can look at those particular articles in BuzzSumo and see which of those have resonated and connected with an audience. Now that's powerful for understanding my customers in a market research way, but it's also hugely powerful in terms of informing me and allowing me to make better decisions in the future, right? Because I know more about what's worked in the past. Now, all of these tools I've showed you, the first two cost completely, sorry, the first three cost completely nothing. And Buzzsimo is a freemium tool. And actually all the insight that I've talked about here, I got using the free version of that tool. It does cost a little bit of money if you want to kind of make use of all of the functionality and do lots of research. But that's great, right? So if you're from a search marketing background, you'll probably be familiar with these tools. But have you ever realized the huge marketing, broader strategic marketing potential that these tools offer? Um, if you haven't, hopefully I've persuaded you that they can be really powerful. And if you're from a more general marketing background, hopefully today I've given you some tools that you may have played with, maybe haven't come across before, but hopefully given you a sense of the, the huge potential, the huge power that they have to help you make better business decisions. And that's what tools like this are all about. They can provide you with lots of interesting things, but what I'm really interested in, what I really want, is really useful things, things that can allow me to make better business decisions, to better understand my customers, and ultimately do better business. Thanks, Kelvin. And thanks to you all for listening. Show notes, as usual, are at sitevisibility.com forward slash IM podcast. Two ways to get hold of us. The email is podcast at sitevisibility.co.uk. And the telephone hotline, if you want to leave a question or a comment, is plus four four one two seven three two five six one five zero. So that's all from me, Andy. And it's all from Kelvin. And we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.